You're listening to Irish Radio Candle Woman Abroad, and we have been chatting with uh, people who have been involved in the GA and the establishment of relatively recent and quite recent clubs in Canada. And the first half of the show we heard from Kingston, Ontario, Toronto, and Vancouver. Well, now we're back in Vancouver, and uh, we're going to hear about the Cuchulain GAA club there. And uh, with the ever-increasing Irish population in Vancouver, an idea sprung to mind in late 2018 to formulate a second hurling club in the region. And founded just last year in 2019, Cuchulain Hurling Club was established with the goal of getting people together to play hurling while creating a social outlet and the same time. And in just a few short months, the club has managed to recruit enough players to field both a junior and a senior team and hasn't looked back since. Well, it has looked back, I'm afraid, as we all have had to, uh, because of COVID-19. Adrian Coyne is with me. Adrian's originally from Cork. Uh, good football and hurling territory, but great hurlers down there. Jimmy Barry Murphy territory down there too. Adrian Coyne, welcome and thanks a million. Thanks very much for having me. Well, I'm actually from Blackrock, so I, some people over there wouldn't take too kindly to... Jimmy Barry Murphy from <laughs> 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 uh, He wore the right colour shirt for you, didn't he? In Sherlock, maybe we'll take it further away. Right. So, Adrian, a new club out Vancouver, as I said there, the, the pop, there's been a real influx of Irish into Vancouver that has uh, caused the GEA out there to really burst at the seams. Yeah, so um, so I only arrived in, in January 2019, just as Pucullin kind of just started getting going. And even then, some of the guys were hurling away with uh, J.P. Ryans, who were the, the original club, and they just felt numbers were getting so large that there were there was demand for a second club, and that I think it benefited everyone. So you could see from J.P. Ryans' point of view, having competitive fixtures in Vancouver would be ideal for them as well, and just to get more people from game time as well for the both clubs. And uh, even you can see as well in the football, in the last two years, you've had Aerog and St. Finian's join Fraser Valley and the ISSC teams so it really just shows how big the GA is growing in Vancouver that the amount of clubs has doubled in such a, a short period of time and even you can still see from when we're training you know the numbers are fantastic we're getting uh, mid to high 20s at least every training session you know and everyone's eager it's a great way to get out and make new friends as well a lot of people would move over on their own and it's great just to have such a shared community in the area then as well. Adrian, uh, various counties have strengths with one. Some counties are strong hurlers, some counties are strong football. Um, and I know when people emigrate and they arrive uh, and there's a GA club, they may not have played hurling before, but they're, they become enthusiastic. Have you had any converts? Yes, we've had a few actually. Um, so I'd also play football at Fraser Valley, as, uh, as a few of the Coo Cullen lads would. And we've just kind of, even just trying to build numbers to get a social aspect of things going as well. We've uh, converted a number of footballers into hurlers. So uh, a friend of mine, Killian O'Donoghue, who uh, is from West Limerick, which is more known as a football region, I've uh, coaxed him to picking up a hurley. And he's been a few times and he's, uh, he's enjoyed it. And it's good to see people like that who've never even played the game improve and come along and, you know, pick up new skills. And now he looks forward to it every week. And it's great to really see him growing as a player as well. And from a local perspective then, I, I know um, people will stop and they'll look at football and they, they, they kind of will scratch their head a piece, but when the hurling is played, it certainly is a lot more of a magnet to people to pay attention and look. What has the reaction been like? Yeah, it's crazy really. Every time we're going training or even just a few of us will be in going out for a few pucks in the park on a Tuesday evening or whatever, 
Well, uh, there's always a couple of Canadians that will come over to you and ask what that paddle or spoon you're holding is. And uh, they, a lot of them always think it's lacrosse and you kind of have to explain and show them a few YouTube videos, but they really are in awe of the sport. So it's great to see that, you know, it has so much interest, you know, and people are like really excited when they see it and can't believe that, that it's actually played, really. So would you say you came uh, relatively recently, January 2019, and... Um, there is a huge influx at this stage. What there's eight or nine different GA teams out in Vancouver, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I think around that number. Yeah, yeah. top of my head, and you've like Victoria as well have formed this yeah. year. So they're looking forward to coming over for our tournaments as well. So it is great to see the, the massive growth of the Irish population and community in in the area. And again, it's a population growth within the let's say under thirty five age group. Yeah, so mostly people in their mid-twenties, I guess, they're just finished yeah. college looking for new opportunities, and you know, there's no better way than to, than to pick up a new sport and meet new people. Right, now Vancouver's a big city, so unlike Cork or Galway or Dublin, where, you know, uh, sport is divided along parish grounds, uh, travelling to games in Canada can be quite a distance, and even for training and all the rest, and I know it was one of the biggest disincentives for me when I emigrated the issue of travelling well just training and then where games would be played yeah it can be a bit awkward at times so um, a lot of the time we might train out in Burnaby which is maybe just east of Vancouver uh, as it's a nice pitch to be able to train on but uh, it can be tough as well especially when new people and they might not have the, the, the grasp of the transport or how to get out there but our kind of mantra is really that no one should be getting public transport to training so we try and get as many people as possible to drive to training and even if it's someone you don't know, you've never met before, and you're going to your first training session, just stick it in the group saying, oh, uh, is anyone able to drive me? And we can be sure we'll, we'll guarantee that he'll get a lift to training then. And, you know, he might make a new friend along the way as well, and even before training. Right. And, of course, the um, GAA has been very strong, even before COVID-19, in being a, a resource and a source of help for mental health. And it's a big aspect of what the GA tries to do globally with its members is to recognise that there are challenges out there and that it's a there as an organisation to support each other. Yeah, of course, and especially since COVID, you know, everyone was kind of stuck in lockdown over here. And a lot of people even joining our team, we might have had maybe one training session before that. So a lot of people might not have had many friends really when they moved over. So we tried to keep the... Facebook group as interactive as possible as well throughout the lockdown. We tried to organise a few quizzes and uh, tried to get a few. Our, uh, one of our teammates, Conor McGoran, is a personal trainer, so uh, we had him doing a few Zoom workouts as well just to keep people active and make sure everyone's doing okay as well. And if anyone needs anyone to talk to, you know, their committee members were always there to be reached out to as well. So it's great to see that aspect of things that people were literally saying, if you need someone to talk to, you can message me and you know, if anyone's stuck for money, anything at all, just to give people a message and we'll all be sure to look after each other. Right. And I know for early arrivals particularly, it might have been hard work. There are people who were forced to have to go home? Uh, unfortunately, yes. I think we did have two or three people who we had kind of just met and had arrived maybe in that month or two and would have had to have gone home. Um, hopefully, we're, we're expecting a few of them back as well once things kind of calm down. So we're just playing that by ear. It would be great to have them back next season as well. No. You mentioned JP Ryans. How many other curling clubs are there around that you can play against? So in Vancouver, JP Ryans are the only other ones. So they were the first club, and 
Tony Murphy, who was our founder, was a member of JP Ryan's for many years. Right. And I just felt that it was time to maybe get a bit of competition going as well, which I think benefited everyone really. Yes. Yeah. Like it was, there was great competitions in Vancouver between the two of us. We just played a, a best of three series game last year in junior and senior, and JP Ryan's tipped us in both finals, uh, I think by two points in both games. So it was, you know, it was great to see that we could actually bring competitiveness as well, that we didn't just make up the numbers even in our first year. Right. The same in the Western Canadians out in Edmonton as well. We met them in the final and they ended up beating us an extra time. So right. fortunately we couldn't get a trophy, but I think it was great to just compete even in our first year. And even J.P. Ryan's went down to win the Senior North Americans last year in Austin, I think, or Washington, sorry, was on. Uh, so that was great for them. You know, they I think they really appreciated the help we made in getting them ready for it. And it was even great to see them come across the border and into Vancouver with you know, the ultimate trophy at the end of the day. Adrian, have you been able to get some of the kids engaged with uh, small hurdles and get the, getting them out there, hitting the setter? Uh, not too much yet. I guess as a new club, most people I know are involved with us are really only new to Vancouver, so they wouldn't be settled with families yet. Okay. We, we don't really have many kids around with us yet, but uh, I'm sure in, in the future that would be great to see. You know, um, Some of the guys from Fraser Valley uh, who've been here a while now have kids growing up and stuff, and you see them around playing football, and it's nice to see. All right, and you wonder, will they be growing up with the sport then as well? Yeah, yeah indeed. If anyone wants to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, so we're available on all the social media outlets and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also be kukullenga.com uh, for our website. Right, and uh, now that uh, restrictions are easing a little, you're back training once a week or twice a week? Yeah, so it's uh, light training really, there's, there's no talks of matches yet and uh, contact is still discouraged, so, but it's great to just get down for once a week, just get a few pucks, get everyone to know each other again. Uh, even still, when we started going down about a month ago, there was a lot of people I hadn't met yet, so it's great, you know, just for everyone to make friends with each other and just get to know each other. And, and, po- and sure. focus and on the skills. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Adrian Klein, it's been a real pleasure having a chat with you and the best of luck out there. And maybe you'll get the trophy when the games resume. <laughs> Thanks very much, Austin. Thank you. You listen to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad. And this week we are featuring a number of relatively new GA clubs that have sprung up in Canada and predominantly in Toronto and Vancouver. But certainly in Vancouver, there has been a real upsurge in the last 12 to 18 months. And Aero Oak is one of them. And JP McLaughlin is here with me. JP, thanks a million for coming along. And I want to find out a little bit about when you got started, what inspired it, and how it's going for you. Sure. Well, Aero Oak started, uh, our first season was in 2018. Um, and we, we became the third Gaelic football club in men's football club in the city um, adding a bit more to the Vancouver Championship by having just um, an alternative option for the two clubs that existed so I remember I remember, wh- I remember where I was when I heard about the club I got a phone I was out in a run and I got a phone call from Darren McAndrew who set the club up he told me all about it and I hadn't played football here for a few years myself a couple of years after being with the ISSC and I thought it was a great idea to get people who kind of fallen away from Gaelic games back playing with um, people that they played with previously and also another avenue for new people to the city to have um, a third club to join. So that's how it started in 2018. Well, the winter of 2017, the um, first year was 2018. And the club has been, been, been successful in terms of getting, getting players to play. 
um, our numbers have been been good. Unfortunately, we haven't had the, the same success on the field in terms of winning trophies. But uh, it's uh, it's been a, in terms of setting up a, a new club, it's been a, a roaring success. We're very happy. So, where are you drawing your talent from? Aside from poaching members of other clubs, like um, well, poaching is uh, poaching would be an interesting term. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, like I'd, I'd like to draw more talent from Mayo. Obviously, being from Mayo myself, where the, the best footballers are. But uh, we get a um, we get a lot of it is online. Um, people will reach out to the club, and um, all the clubs are fairly equal in that regard. They, they they get people who will will reach out to them. Some of it's a bit of bit of luck that people who are in Ireland will will see your club and, and want to join. Um, so online, we try and be active um, to, to to be an attractive club for people. Um, but when we are an attractive club for people, we want to show we want to show that online. Um, I think that um, our word of mouth has been pretty good as well for people who've gone back to Ireland. We've seen that happen as well. So it'll um, it'll continue to grow that way. But the on- online is very important for for us to, to reach out and to be to actively re- reply to people when they reach out about our club. You know if. If, um, if we're not replying to them within a short space of time, they'll get on to the next club, and uh, as as they should. So we have to have the respect for, of of people who are interested in us to to make sure we converse with them. And um, yeah, we had we had some some great talent lined up this year, it just uh, didn't pan out unfortunately due to due to the global situation that we're in. So how did you cope with that, JP? I coped pretty well. Um, we 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 have managed to go back to training under the the, the, the BC provincial guidelines. Um, we've we've had some training sessions here, but it, it, for all the clubs, it's not it's not the same. Um, it's it's a struggle to have really engaging sessions. But we've had maybe five, six of them so far, starting in mid July, um, as we've moved through the phases here in BC. But we really, as a committee, we came together and um, just you know talked it out. I remember we we actually had a committee meeting the the night the NBA was cancelled. Uh, we had a committee meeting in in Gastown um, at the Irish Heather, one our sponsor our sponsor bar. And we talked about the year upcoming, but because of what had happened with the NBA that that evening, and we'd heard about you know Tom Hanks as well getting it, um, he kind of it, it became. We knew that there was going that, that what we were talking about that we were going to have to everything had was going to be pending, and um, we knew we may have to revisit a lot of what we had discussed, uh, which we which we obviously did. So very active committee who who are in in touch with each other a lot. Had many many a call with Darren, who's who who is the. Uh, the club founder and president of the club, and um, just then, just through through group chat, reach out to the membership just to let them know that um, you know this year might be a pending year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think we needed to tell you know tell too many people. People would figure that out for themselves. You know, everything getting cancelled. It wasn't that. It, it was wasn't that. It wasn't that much of a stretch for them to know that Gaelic couldn't be happening, obviously, in the city. And um, then, as, as May came in, we. We met a few of us met in some small groups just to do some fitness work and just to not just fitness but just kind of social the social side of GA. I think the social side of GA really came through in COVID. You know, just people being there for each other. Other mm-hmm. clubs did some some great activities. Um, there was a few fundraisers for, for um, online causes, um, running five Ks and that sort of stuff. Um, then you know myself and a few and other groups we met uh, just to. Just do some physical work, but also just to kind of get some social stuff while while, while maintaining that um, social distancing. Of course, we, we, that was important to us. If we did meet as a group, we wanted to be responsible, uh, so we made sure our groups were fours, and then when it was allowed to expand out to six. So I think through through just you know trying to keep people engaged, trying to reach out, let people know that if they were having any issues, obviously you know people can can struggle through this time. That the club was there just to, to be a be an ear and maybe point people in the right direction if needed to be. But um, 
so, some people unfortunately did have to move back to Ireland uh, some people didn't come to Canada as a result um, which is I'm sure um, commonplace across all the clubs but I think we, we coped with it as well as we could and I think the GA is very strong of course in, as you point out there in providing support for what are mental health issues and has a network in place and it's so critical and has been over the last number of months that you guys are all there for each other very much so and I think um, you know, no, no, none more so than you know, the, the club the ICC club Club, but uh, Vancouver GA at, at large, and, and, and then your know, Brafey GA club back in back in Mayo when um, David Gavin passed away a few years a couple a few years ago um, on on the way to uh, the Western Canadian Championship in in Calgary, and none more so was it evidenced by just people coming together and the support network that was there to um, just to be there for each other for people who, who knew David and, and I, I didn't know him. I met him once or twice. I, I didn't know him, but of course you know we, everyone everyone involved in GA and in Vancouver felt the, the effects of that you know just, just a tragic time and, um, and equally so back in Ireland and in, in Mayo and the ISSC and Brafie GA Club you know formed some tight bonds over that and um, you know the the, pre- the club president of the time of the ISSC Ty Egan formed a very close relationship with uh, David's dad and mm-hmm. we did have a we had a, we had a game Kind of the Vancouver GA, so all the and all the GA clubs were here were represented. Played against Brafie, um one Christmas, um, and I was fortunate enough to be home for that. And it just showed how you know, the GA community really comes together to to help each other out in in, in times of um, in times of need. And I thought, you know, no, none more so than that. And it was just it was just um, that came together again. The, the GA clubs here did get together for some fundraisers and. You know, you can be very proud to be a GA person when things are tough. You know, because it, it, it does, it does, it does reach out to the membership. I think more than the other club, other other sports, and it's uh, it's um, it's happened in through the COVID times as well, where you know all the clubs have felt it and they've been there for their membership, and it's um, it's a positive in a in a, in a difficult time. Mm-hmm. So, JP, if anybody wants to find you, where can they find you aside from being in the park in Vancouver? Ah, uh, they find me in the park here, uh, just looking out in the water. Um, Probably wearing my gear sometimes, <laughs> um, but we're um, yeah we're very active myself and and, and other members too like um, you know, Darren and, and, and David O'Donoghue who are our chairman are active uh, in responding to people on our Facebook page. We're very that's our, that's the best that has been the best point of contact for us. Uh, Vancouver Aero GA on, on Facebook is um, just a direct message there is where we do most of our correspondence. And I think uh, yeah that's the, that's where we've we've picked up a lot of our our members. Um, so just a. Uh, a search there will we'll, um, we'll bring you the right place. Thanks a million. Well, JP, it's been great having a chat. Stay healthy. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you for having me. There we go. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada Home and Abroad, and this week we're meeting some of the new GA clubs that have been established across the country. And uh, that is an indication of the migration that has continued. Uh, we all thought when the Celtic Tiger finished that migration would have finished but the Celtic Tiger brought a lot of people who uh, connected through the GA and after that it also opened the door and put out the welcome mat for a lot of others and the Van Isle Rovers have been established out in Vancouver Island and Heather Mahadi is here and Heather is going to tell us all about that Heather, background on the Van Isle Rovers, when you guys got established and what's going on and what kind of interest is there? We first um, formed the club in 2019, late 2019 in the winter. Um, how it all got started is essentially um, myself and several other people that were interested in bringing Gaelic sports to the island were commuting and competing with the Vancouver teams that were already well established. Like as many people know, there's a lot of great hurling and football teams in Vancouver. Um, 
but the commute round trip from the island is about seven hours round trip. And uh, I guess we, we had the crazy idea, oh, how hard could it be to have our own club here on the island? And uh, certainly was a lot more work than we thought initially, but it's been well, well worth it. Now, the biggest work you would have to do is to recruit players. How have you fared with that, and how are you doing? How many have you gotten the club now? Yeah, uh, quite well. So we have about 20 men and about 20 women that come out very consistently to trainings, which is, is very good for being on a small island. Um, one thing that makes our club really unique that I found compared to a lot of the Vancouver teams we play with is we have a really almost 50-50 split between Irish-born and Canadian-born, as well as several people that are from um, other countries, and some have played GA before and some haven't. So it's, it's a really, really fun mix of people with different backgrounds and skill levels, and just learning how it all kind of meshes together has been a really fun experience. So it strikes me as ambitious to be going to start up with both football and hurling. Uh, that's, that's kind of ambitious. Definitely. So this first year we were just doing men's and ladies Gaelic football, and we're hoping to bring in hurling and camogie for the 2021 season. Okay. And, of course, when you got started uh, at the end of 2019 and you were looking forward to a season of 2020, you got hit the same as we all did with COVID-19. That must have caused chaos. Uh, leading up to the preseason, we were having about once a month sort of training and info sessions because we were trying to recruit a lot of people that perhaps came from different backgrounds like um, soccer or, or rugby Canadians. So we were having great turnouts to those big trainings and yeah of course you can't have a big training like that right now in the time of COVID so having to pare things down and separate people into groups has been a really interesting undertaking but it's been very successful. So we've been doing trainings with about 10 people or less and just trying to focus on skills development and playing really mini five-on-five games, no contact, social distance, all that kind of stuff. You know, when you say that, what it strikes me, it's a bit like um, if you have a choir, you know, and the choir master would take the various sections away and train them separately. You'd have the tenors brought away or the contraltos brought away, the sopranos, before they're all brought back together. So in many ways, I I would suppose the uh, COVID has caused that type of a discipline to become necessary. Just being able to keep people in those kind of groups has been really interesting as well because you can sort of um, mix and match a little bit from week to week with the contact tracing. So maybe one week you have a group of players that have a lot of experience and they're all training together just to get that like some excitement and some, some fast place play happening for them. And then it's also a great chance for people that are beginners in a less pressure environment to learn the basics like soloing and kick passing, hand passing. Right. these kind of things when you're not in, under so much pressure. So in some ways, perhaps it could be really beneficial for our club as well. What has those, the reaction been from those who have seen you guys with the slither and a hurl in your hands um, going around that kind of have never seen this before? We have this actually little, it's like a sandwich board if you've ever seen at a cafe that says, today we're playing and then we have little Velcro stick-ons so that people passers-by can be like, oh, what, what is that? Oh, it's Gaelic football or oh, it's hurling or, you know, so things like that so that they have a, an idea. But um, you'd be actually amazed how many people walk by and go, oh, wow, look at those hurls and wow, we haven't seen hurling in years and it really just kind of goes to show um, how much this community really wanted Gaelic sports mm-hmm. for, for a long time and how it was, like our small Irish community is, is quite close-knit. So it's just been great to see that blossom and the awareness that we have that happening here on the island has been really great. So moving 
forward, one of the challenges any club setting up would have would be money. So normally you would have been able to have fundraisers. That must, that's also been challenged. Luckily, as, as a new club, there are some grants available, um, both from the CGAA and there's also a Global Games Development Fund for Gaelic sports outside of Ireland, um, which the, the decision process is still being done on that because it's such an unusual year. Um, but there's also been local grants, and we've had some really, really lucky and sponsorship opportunities with local businesses who have been really supportive of our initiative. So we're we're getting by. <laughs> Definitely right. a little bit of an unorthodox season, but um, being able to get you know the essentials for the team has been quite successful. On this side of the country, things move indoors as the weather changes. On that side of the country, it doesn't get as severe. Does it get to a point that you will need to move indoors? There's actually very few indoor pitches available on the island, so it's likely that that's never going to happen. But we will be moving possibly onto turf fields if it gets really wet. Like we're playing on real grass pitches right now. Right. And um, yeah, it can definitely get mucky. So uh, and uh, the possibility of moving onto, onto a turf pitch might be better for the winter. Um, we're just kind of taking that in stride for now. So the weather sometimes in Victoria is nice until October. Uh-huh. But you, you probably can still exercise and do stuff out, outdoors all year round. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the end. So it's a bit like the Irish climate. I know it is. I, I, I know Victoria is beautiful. It is a beautiful part. If anybody wants to find out more, where do they find you and uh, how can they connect? So we have, do have a website. It's www.vanisle.ca. It's got a great ring to it. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at sign vanisle.gaa. And the same for Instagram. Right. And uh, you can connect with us via email as well at vanisle.gaa at gmail.com. Heather, it's been great having a chat, and I wish you every success. And uh, maybe as the seasons uh, get back in full swing for both football and hurling as time goes on, uh, we can keep an eye and find out how things are going in the future. Thanks so much for having me, Austin. It's been great.